Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We are Cavan Podcast. Because Cavan's not just a place, it's a people. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of the McAvoy Super Value GA podcast brought to you by We Are Cavan on this August bank holiday weekend. Not a whole lot of action going on, but what is going on is the All County Football League Division 1 final sponsored by Roma Energy. Uh, Sunday afternoon, we'll be previewing that. Uh, we'll also be looking ahead to the Horland final, the Tom Walsh Cup final, which will take place on Sunday afternoon in Kingspan, Breffney. Um, but before we get into that, let's hear from Aideen Coyle as Cavan under 16s win the All Ireland A title, um, All Ireland A football championship, where they beat Cork after a replay down in, mm-hmm. in Limerick. But I caught up with Aideen a little bit earlier on. So to look back on Cavan under 16 ladies All Ireland success, a, a, a mammoth success in the Gillegrands down in Limerick after a replay uh, getting the better of Cork by two points I'm delighted to be joined by Aideen Coyle who was down at the game um, Aideen I was saying it was nerve-wracking following it on Twitter and going into injury time I thought Cavan were up by a point and in reality it was actually a draw so I can only imagine how nerve-wracking it was down in the Gillegrounds. Yeah really really nerve-wracking game um, I suppose them final injury minutes were it was so hard to watch, but um, you know, as a cabin supporter, so so memorable. Um, me and Lynch just showed absolute nerves of steel to put over two frees. You know, she I think she scored six frees in total that day. Um, herself and Ella Sheridan, especially in the first day as well. You know, the nerves them young girls shown, but yeah, it was it was hard, very very hard to watch, but. Um, one that Cavan always looked like getting back into the game. They never looked like they were. Uh, beaten. I don't think these girls actually know when they are beaten. Looking from what I've seen in them too, uh, all Ireland games. But uh, yeah, just unbelievable scenes in Limerick. It it seemed to be over the two games that they're not reliant on any one player. It seems to be very much a a team, a collective effort. Yeah, absolutely. I think they had six different scores on on Saturday, and it's not just one one name that stands out all of the time, you know, Mia Lynch, as as I said, and Ella Sheridan on the freeze, but collectively the six forwards are, are all so good. And um, it's never the case of, it's always the case, I suppose, of the girl in the best position gets the ball and puts it over the bar. It's no, I have to score. I have to score that you see maybe in other teams. Mm. Um, but uh, no, look, it's even when you look at this team, it's frightening to think that some of them are only 15 and 16 year old girls and what they're doing is, is unbelievable what they're doing with their club senior teams is unbelievable as well. But um, collectively, they're just a, an unbelievably hard-working team. As I said, they don't know when they're beaten. They didn't know when to give up. Uh, they just kept plugging away. And in reality, you know, Cork probably maybe will feel that they were hard done by not to get a result. But, uh, you know, Cavan just weathered any storm that Cork threw at them. And I suppose a, a massive praise has to go to Fonch Higgins and goal. She was absolutely outstanding. Talk to me about uh, her her penalty save and and double save. Yeah, the penalty was. I suppose it probably wasn't um, one of the best penalties, and it wasn't as far into the corner. But what she done for the second save, then it was a rocket of a shot from the substitute um, Barry, and uh, yeah, Fonchi got up and just made an unbelievable save. But there was one save she made in the first half, and. I was down towards them goals at that stage and she was fully stretched to make that save. And for me, that was her best save of the game. The penalty was outstanding, the double save, but that save in the first half when Cavan, I think, were had been five points up. Cork were after hitting maybe five points on the bounce to take it back to a draw. Cork then went on to score another goal, but were denied that save by Fonshe. The game could have been a lot different going in at halftime, seven points down. Um, but yeah, no, anything she'd done was just 
outstanding you know there was absolutely no way by her and then she made another one about five minutes later from another substitute from Cork and Cork had to be thinking how are we ever gonna beat this one in a and I don't I don't want to sound um disparaging here but goalkeeping is a problem area in in ladies football but I spoke to a couple of people who said she's taken the, the goalkeeping to another level here in Cavan you know for for an under 16 but her handling her mm. recklessness was the way it was described to me as in that she'll throw her body onto anything mm. and then her kickouts were, were exceptional so it looks like there's a real promising future ahead of young Higgins yeah absolutely but I could be mistaken I don't actually know if she plays at the minute in goals with her club Mullahorn I, um, I know when we played them in the senior league she was the free taker and she was outstanding on the free so I suppose if she takes that into her goalkeeping in terms of her kickouts and everything she she definitely is the all-round package and I think Cavan ladies anyway I don't know I can't say about Mullahorn because um, I know she's just as good out the field but Cavan ladies would be mad to let this one slip through the cracks you know if she's at 15 years of age and she's showing the promise she is at the minute I can only imagine what she'd be like when she gets to senior level as you say she has absolutely no fear she throws herself at the ball and I suppose that com- comes a wee bit from playing out the field her her head and the goals and her even her communication with her back line is is brilliant as well yeah the um the the, the overall performance though of the team if you were to describe how they play you know how, what what would you how would you describe the the kind of patterns or or what they like to do with the ball yeah I suppose you just said it there's no one player that that they kind of rely on. They're just a unit of teams, you know, from the whole way from the cornerbacks. Every one of them are comfortable on the ball. They know their job. You know, the work back, the two midfielders, I thought, put in massive shifts, uh, Lauren Miney and Amelia Mussey from Mullahorn. The two of them work so, so hard. Your half-back line there of Katie May Riley, Alva Kennedy and Caitlin Crow, um, again, just work incredibly hard. It's it's the hard work of these girls, you know, the hunting packs they get back in numbers the fitness that they showed um yeah they just they work very very hard you can see they're very close as a group you know they they when if one of them are in trouble there's another one or two Cavan girls getting back in to to help them out and uh, there's no negativity in all the games I've been on the sideline at there's been absolutely no negativity and it's very hard sometimes when Cork scored one seven on the bounce it's very easy sometimes to turn around and start giving out and complaining to each other but they just kept to their game plan the whole time and that was just pure and utter hard work get the ball up front be patient up front you know there's no reckless shooting I don't know I think they might have only put three wides in the whole game wow. uh, you know they're getting the ball to the girl in the best position and working hard whether that's going to be that they're going to get a foul or they're going for the shot themselves and um, no they're just they, they're they a very very clever group for a group that's only 15 and 16 year olds yeah it's you know Cavan have all Ireland's, you know, Mick Flynn at the helm for an awful lot yeah. of them at on the rage. But the under sixteen a all Ireland, that's a, that's a big big step in the right direction. It means the players are closer to senior level yeah. age age wise, and are are still at the top of the pile in the country. So, you know, how big of a shot in the arm is this for for Cavan ladies? Yeah, it's massive. I think it really is massive. Um, probably in the weeks where Cavan have been relegated down to intermediate grade and, uh, you know, maybe a bit of negativity around that. But I think these under-16s have, have put a bit of life into it, you know, that um, if we can keep this group together and nurture them along with the talent we have at minor age group and under-14s as well, there's a lot of promise in, in the county. You know, as I said, it's frightening to think some of these girls are only 15, 16 years of age. If In my eyes, you know, a lot of these are ready for senior football next year. So, um, yeah, no, it, it is very exciting for Cavan ladies to see this group of girls coming up, the commitment that they have. And you can see that they just have the love for the sport. And, you know, that's that's really, um, I suppose, a, a good sign for Cavan ladies because you can see a lot of these being around the block when it comes to uh, senior level and definitely for the minor level as well. It's It's important to have that as well. Love for the sport is 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 obviously important for the time and effort that goes into preparing to become All Ireland champions. I suppose from Cavan LGFA point of view, the important thing is now to do everything to ensure that the love of the sport remains with this group. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, to get all the right structures in place to keep these girls playing football and to keep these girls together, 
um, I think that's the most important thing as well. So, um, yeah, no, look, it's, I suppose when you're winning, it's a lot easier to enjoy it as well and to love it as well. So hopefully the winning ways continue as well. Fingers crossed. In the uh, last week or so, we've heard that Jerry Mohan um, and Barry have stepped down as senior uh, management there. So the, the hunt begins. I was making the call after the interview with Mick Flynn. It's it's time for Cavan LGFA to go and grab Mick and his management team and have a conversation at least. I, I don't know whether he would take the job or would like to take the job, but do we really want a situation where we have somebody that has won so many All-Irelands and he's never managed the county senior ladies team, those players that he's brought through with, with massive confidence and success, it to me it'd be a missed opportunity. Yeah, yeah, I suppose that's yeah, that's the question that probably has to be asked. Mick is he you know, does he want to stay with his under sixteens and maybe bring them up through the ranks? You know, he's a he's a brilliant management team there and I'm not gonna name them all because I'll definitely lose it out. I know there was a lot of people behind the scenes, but you know, Eamon Brady there from Bally Hayes has that experience of being in with the seniors as well and it might be a case that maybe they wanna work that team up, you know, through the minors and up to the seniors, yeah, but it, it's definitely worth asking the question. And I'm sure if they, they had the interest as well, you know, that they, they would go for the, the success that Mick Flynn has had in Cavan Ladies football is absolutely crazy. There's not been as successful a manager in Cavan Ladies if Cavan football in general, you yeah. know, with the success that he has. Yeah, it's it's unlikely actually, even when you go to other counties, that you're going to see somebody mm. who has eight All Irelands. I know. Some of them are with 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 schools, yeah. but he has eight All Irelands in his back pocket as a manager. It's um, it's it's a great opportunity to to you know take advantage of of the asset that's in front of your nose. But it's going to be an interesting time <coughs> in Cavan Ladies uh, football for for the next few weeks, watching to see how the the managerial race goes. Who's throwing their names in the hats? We have the same obviously going on in the men's, but yeah. And then the the club championships will be getting underway soon enough too. So there's there's a lot happening. Yeah, a lot happening. Yeah, the championships kick off and kick off on Wednesday actually as well. So it's a it's a busy time for all involved. Yeah, we're looking forward to that. Aidan, thanks a million for your time. Thanks, Damon. Brady's Arva Limited, main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles, have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead, and the surrounding counties for over 50 years. A family-owned and family-run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. I'm delighted to be joined by Paul Fitzpatrick, sports editor of the Anglo-Celt. And All-Ireland titles aren't uh, commonplace in, in Cavan, so it's uh, it's one hell of an achievement and and a really, really, uh, I suppose, another unbelievable feather in Mick Flynn's cap and, and his management team. Oh, it is, I mean, it's it's incredible, really. Like, And it, it begs the question, when is the breakthrough going to arrive at senior level for Cavan? Because there's no doubt that the club's, are really putting in the work at underage level, and obviously Mick Flynn and his management team as well uh, have that know-how, and uh, they're able to lead them on when it gets into national competitions. But you have to have the players first and foremost, and you know, Conor Maguire, from who who is sort of one of the architects of the Reto success in recent years, he always says that clubs deserve so much credit because they're producing such talented young players. So it's a it's a fantastic achievement. It's unbelievable. Like they have no right to be winning that All Ireland up against the likes of Cork, who are the uh, the superpower in ladies football um, they mightn't be the senior champions at the moment but they're the one team who's always there in all grades you look through minor under 16 down to under 14 which we don't have in the lads but under 14 All-Ireland and the ladies it's always Cork they're always at the business end of it uh, so to beat Cork makes it particularly sweet nobody can say well you got a handy run or someone else did the hard work knocked out Cork for you or knocked out Dublin for you or whatever to, to win it against Cork in a replay there was no smash and grab. There was no luck involved. The best team won it. So absolutely amazing achievement. So the challenge now is for them to win, to hold on to those players, have a good crack at a minor All-Ireland and then bring them through to seniors straight away. You know, um, the dropout rate in female sport in general is extremely high and the ladies' football is no different. But if they can keep a core group of those players together, some of the forwards they have, 
Actually, it's not even fair to pick out the forwards. They're just fantastic players all over the pitch. The goalkeeper is brilliant as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As you mentioned there, phenomenal, phenomenal game by Fonji Higgins. Um, that's that's exactly, and that's that's the important part now is to is to bring that success on and into the senior ranks in 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 the coming years. Um, you know, and maybe being back in intermediate, it's the time to to look at these changes and 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 get stuck into it. But a phenomenal achievement. Um, if you haven't already heard over on the Diehards podcast on patreon.com forward slash we are Cavan. We got an in-depth interview with the Cavan on the 16 manager Mick Flynn. Eight All-Irelands he's won as a manager. It's a phenomenal achievement but a really, really good interview there and some wonderful comments coming in from some of our listeners Um, uh, a few people got in contact with us on our Patreon service and always a fabulous interview um, with Mick and let and let's all be eagles. That's a reference to a story he tells in in the podcast. Um, plus, of course, the power of positive thinking that comes in from Tommy Costello. Then, Cavan seniors could do with some of that mindset of Mick Flynn's uh, poor comments. Uh, then we have Noel Corcoran who says, "Most inspirational man, uh, Mick." And maybe that is exactly what our senior men's and ladies team need. Really enjoyed the stories and the positivity, etc. Congratulations, Mick, and also to that wonderful group of girls as well, uh, coming in from Noel Corcoran, a uh, long-time listener to the podcast. So there's loads of comments coming in on that interview with Mick Flynn, um, more on email. We just won't have time to go through them all now, but a phenomenal response to uh, to to Mick Flynn's inter- interview. So head on over to listen to that one. Um, Paul, we'll move on to the Romar Energy All-County Football League Division 1 final. Uh, Crucial are looking to go back-to-back um, league titles and Kings Court. I'm right since 2011, the last time that they won the Division One League title, or have they won it since? No, they won it in 2015. No, I, I had a mistake, and it wasn't like it was buried in my match report. It was the headline actually saying that there it was the first league final appearance since 2015. I forgot that they played Lacken in the league final in 2016, and Lacken beat Kings Court. That's but, right. Yeah, Kings Court actually did win the league in 2015. Uh, I think it was two four to nine points. Uh, it was Dara Gunn and Barry Riley with the goals, uh, which won that game for them. Um, so that's the last time they won it. And this is the, the first time since 2016 that they're back in the final. So they have been in a senior championship final since, obviously, losing a replay to Sunday's opponents in 2020. So yeah, I think I think this is their best league uh, they've put together now in the last seven years. I think there's no doubt about that. They've tended to just tick along in the league. But this year now, they're... they're they played well in in this league. And when they met Crush earlier in the year, finished the draw in Kingscourt, and that was a game that got hot and heavy. And mm. t- talking to some King, Kingscourt lads, I wasn't talking to any Crush Law fellas about it, uh, but they were saying there's never been bad blood between Crush Law and Kingscourt, funnily enough. It, considering they're, t- they're two heavyweights of football in Cavan, like they only met in the senior final, I think it was in 91, and then they met again in 2020. And there's no history of bad blood or anything like that. It's not like some of the, the clubs where you know that when they when they face off, it's just going to be, uh, they're just not going to get along. So it'll be interesting to see, is there any spillover from that game and this one? And I think this one, especially if we can get a half-decent day, this game should attract a good crowd because it is an attractive final. Yeah, it is because what you have on offer is some of the best forwards not just in the county, if you know what I mean, with with, with Jordan Morris, Barry Riley, um, on the Kingscourt end being the two standout names, and then obviously you have Paddy Lynch. I think James Smith has played in in that full forward line, but you have Brandon Boylan and and so much more quality across that that crush law forward line. So there's um there, there's a lot of excitement when two good attacking teams come head to head. The only thing I'd say is looking at Kingscourt's results that. It's not as if they're free scoring. They're they seem to be focused on being mean at the back, and and I haven't seen them in this year's league. But I was just browsing through the 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 results that they're they're not conceding an awful lot in in any games really. Like to to score maybe thirteen times against Kingscourt is is an achievement at the minute. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Um, no, they haven't had Jordan Morris for a lot a lot of the league, uh, so. That would probably explain why Kingscourt haven't been shooting the lights out, but and they missed Barry Riley then um in the replay against Rammer in the semi-final as well. So they haven't really had their full uh lineup 
when when they've needed it. Also, Joe Dillon has just been coming back, and that was the, the replay was the first time he played a full match. So like that, that's their three men you look to when you're looking for scores. Like Corrigan will get a score, Burke will get a score, Faulkner will will usually get a couple of couple of scores. But like you're you're talking about Dylan maybe to get you a goal or a point or two, um, Morris and Barry Riley between them, between them the, the, when those lads are both in the field they usually hit double figures. Yeah, yeah, they do, they do. To be fair, so it'll just be interesting. Can they can it click very very quickly, or will it take a bit of betting in time for? You know, Barry and Jordy and, and and that forward line to click again. You know, because they haven't played together this year at all. So this is going to be the first occasion where Jordan Morris and Barry Riley, I think I'm right in saying, will have played together. Um, on the on side, they might have played one league game together, but there hasn't been a lot of occasion for them to 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 pull together. But it's it. It's still, it's going to come down to, I I think conditions are going to play such a big part in this game. For me, if it becomes, a, a, you know, if it's a rainy sort of heavy day, I think that levels it off a good bit towards Kingscourt, you know, that, that they have a better chance in that sort of an occasion, which isn't normal for a Kingscourt team to put them into that bracket. You know, they're usually just swashbuckling lads, but I think Owen Lennon and co have, Brought more of a steel to this Kings Court side than maybe is traditionally there. I don't know about that, Damien. Um, I would, I would always have thought of Kings Court as as one of those teams that I wouldn't have thought of them as the as a swashbuckling team, like as a you know if you want to use the the stereotype of a town team. I would always thought of them as a as a tough team, a dogged team, and a team who knows how to just do enough. Like they're a team that knows how to win games and not afraid of, of winning. When you think back, like they haven't produced that many inside trigger men, if you want to call them that, for Cavan. Like not that many compared to what City Gales. You could you could you could write a list like the arm of inside forwards, mm. you know, yeah. skillful, knacky corner forward type players that the Gales have produced. Loads of Mullahorn have produced a few of those as well. Like, um. And Crush Law have, have always produced forwards and they're at it again. Obviously, you've got the likes of uh, Oren Rehill coming into this Crush Law team as well, like who's, who's a very exciting young player. I wouldn't have seen Kingsford as that sort of a team. I think they're a team who, who they, they usually have a, have a forward or two, but they're more of a country team in that sense. You know what? I wouldn't I wouldn't call them a country team, but I wouldn't call them a town team. Like, what, yeah. what was the phrase we come up with? Was it you come up with it? Tony Boggers. Was it Tony Boggers? Tony Farmers. Tony Farmers. Well, funny, in fairness, when I put that to Barry Riley in an interview a couple of weeks ago, uh, yeah. he, he had a very rational explanation for that. He said there's, they're drawn from three main areas. Yeah. And uh, I think, is it is it Muff, Coronet and, and Kingsford Town? Yeah, it is, and and so it's it's, it's not. So two of those two of those areas are rural, rural obviously, and then you've got yeah. one urban. It's an interesting one. I definitely think Kingscourt have improved. Definitely, it's not that long ago I I remember ranking them eighth in the championship, and the the funny thing about Kingscourt is, you could do rankings, and you could say, well, look, are they above Team X or Team Y? He said, no, on on all known form and on head to head meetings, they're they're not. But who has more chance of winning the championship? It's Kingscourt. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, and that it's it's almost at the realm of cliche now, but we know that if Kingsford get a sniff for championship, that they'll 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 put their best foot forward towards it. Like they have high expectations, but Crushla have extremely high expectations. This is a huge year for Crushla. This is the this is the biggest year, uh, for Crushla now under Jimmy Higgins because Jimmy has brought a lot of these lads through from right from the start of playing football right through, and they've won a senior championship, they've won a senior league. You know, then they had a bad year the year after they won it. Last year, they lost by a point in the semi-final and they probably will look back on that with a lot of regrets against Garnet. That's a game they probably feel they could have won. They missed freeze and so on. Mm. So, this is a massive year. Like with, with with the talent that they have and also with the landscape that's there in Cavan at the moment, I don't think the field is particularly deep in senior football in Cavan. I think we've got... Crushula and Garna are the are the leading contenders at the moment. Kingsford are certainly there. Rammer have to be there. But when you look at it after that, like the Gales have got to be respected because the Gales last year were beaten in a quarter final replay by the eventual winners and beat Crushula in the group. Uh, the year before that they lost by a point in the semi final to the eventual winners, Rammer. But yet we know that the Gales have declined. 
but they, they, they deserve to be respected they have to be included in, in that sort of top five bracket but after that I feel there is a big drop off and there's you know I think there's seven teams since 2014 who have made a senior final in Cavan mm. so that tells me someone made the point to me oh there's, there's six or eight teams in that in that um, Cavan championship that wouldn't be fit for senior count, football in an awful lot of counties which got me thinking about it and you know, you'd wonder, are they fit for senior football in Cavan? If we're to say being fit for senior football is defined as they can win the senior championship. But I would say there's at least half the teams can't win the senior championship in Cavan, which, which has been the case. Like if you look at Ramar, Crushlaw, Garner, Kingscourt, Casran and Kiligary, they're the, and Cavan Gales, they're the only teams that have made a championship final going right back to, as far as 2014. Kiligary have only made one. Casran um, are not the team to wear. The, um, but they've come back after winning an intermediate last year. I don't think too many people will will think that Castleham will win the senior championship this year, but they could surprise us. But I can't see it. So I think there's there's two tiers to it certainly. Uh, so considering that landscape that we have, where they're very much are very much at the upper end of the upper tier, for them to only win one championship if they don't win it this year would have to be regarded as a poor return. So there's a lot of pressure on Crushlaw as well. Not only that, you take down. The internal pressure within the club and crush law, which is always there, always there. Like they're, they, they, they expect to be even when they weren't anywhere near a senior championship. They expected to be near a senior championship. It's it's an expectation within the club that goes back decades upon decades, and then you throw on top of it that it's not just a good underage team or two good underage teams coming through, but it is when Cavan have their best team out, they have probably four crush law players on it you know which is almost the tour of the team so you have to say that that the high level of the highest player in the county crush law are, are ticking that box off um with it whereas king's court you'd say okay well jordy morris is probably in that same high level and so is park faulkner but they they don't have a lot else that are is at that very very high level so um I think that the, the expectation is going to be there that that Krushla go and win not just this league but win the championship. My the interesting point was if you remember take it back twelve months and going into the the league final against Calvin Gales last year and it was the first game I think or maybe just the second game where county players were back with the clubs and we knew that Calvin Gales and Krushla were meeting a week or two later in the championship. So we're like, oh, this is going to be just shadow boxing. And, you know, they're going to, they're going to, um, you know, just play a completely different style. Calvin Gales came out and played what they played in the championship. In in reality, pretty much they, they put road in onto the square and they lumped in lots of ball and it worked. So do you think Krushla will have, even though they went and won the game, the, the league final, but they lost the, the, the championship game. Knowing what Calvin Gales were going to do, the whole idea of hiding your hand, will that go out the window? Yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think it was the fact that it, the two teams who met in the league final were actually meeting in the first round of the championship. That really emphasised the fact that you weren't to, you weren't to show them what you're at. You're, you wanted to show these boys that Tactics, what what the hell are they like? You know, they they went out and just played played free wheel type game. It produced an unbelievable spectacle. Um, yeah, like like uh, Garold was picked up by Conor Rehill, and it, it wasn't working for Prussia, and they left it for the whole game. I think James Smith went back on Garold an extra time, um, but that wouldn't have happened in, in the championship. Now, in fairness, uh, Garold still played played a brilliant game against Crusher on the championship but in a championship game if a matchup like that isn't working I think a manager would generally make a change but so there was a real health warning around that game no doubt about it Like, and we knew coming out of it we all joked about it on the pod the week after like when they beat the championship it'll be 10-9 and I think it finished 15-14 or something 14-14 yeah. I think it was so it was it was a different type of game altogether I, I think we're going to see a high scoring game this Sunday yeah I do, I do. And and the reason is because I don't think Kingsford have enough defenders to match up with the Crushlaw attack. If I'm presuming Lynch is going to be back. I think he was a holiday's last day as opposed to an injury. So Paddy's back. I was trying to just sketch out some matchups, Damien. Uh, I'd be interested to get your thoughts on this. So if, how are Kingsford going to match up to these sort of 
strike players up front on in the front half of the field on the Crushlaw team. You're talking about the players that are really going to have to be watched on the Crushlaw team. It's Paddy Lynch, James Smith, Adrian Smith, Brandon Boylan. They're, I think they're the they're the really players that will really hurt you. Like there's lots of other good players there, like Emmett Boylan uh, will score for fun if he's given space. But it seems to be playing at midfield. Yeah, that's the thing. Like and Darren Gaffney's another player that that will get scores and Oren Rehill though, whether he starts or not. Whether Oren Rehill starts or not, yeah. Like Oren Rehill's another player that can really hurt you. So I think Kingsford are going to struggle. The way I'm I'm looking at it, the other thing is if Paddy Mead is injured. He went off with a hamstring the last day. Maybe he'll be fit, but it, it, I'm presuming Mead is fit for the for the purposes of these matchups. I'm saying Paddy Mead on Paddy Lynch, Warwick Faulkner on James Smith, which those two I think can can swap around. I think Kingsley would be quite comfortable uh, with either of those fellas moving into the full back, as in Mead and Faulkner moving into the full back line or coming out to midfield, um, as James Smith is likely to do. So they'd be happy enough, I think, with either of those lads following James and, and the other guy picking up Lynch. Then you start then you're in a bit of bit of bother. Like who picks up Tomo? Like it's probably gonna be it's probably gonna be McKeown, maybe. Mm. I I'm not sure. Like Cahill Rowe came on and played really well the last day, but um has Cunningham been playing cornerback? No, he's playing wing back. Uh, that's Oren, yeah. He's playing yeah. wing back, like, but he he's going to have to mark Gaffney or somebody out there, um, uh, and that he's going to be probably have his hands full out there. Who picks up Brandon Boylan? Yeah, I I, I think Cunningham goes to probably Boylan. Oren Cunningham goes to, to Brandon Boylan. I, I have I have Tully on on Brandon, but yeah, actually Oren is a better shout there. He's and Tully Tully won't want to restrict his game. Whereas Tully Tully actually on Tomo. Tomo's honest. So Tully on Tomo might be the one that you'd be saying Tomo might follow Tully and therefore take him out of the field, out of the, the scoring zone by doing that. Whereas, you know, if you're looking at players that that won't follow and you're very, very worried about them being found with the ball at the other end of the field, free, you know, Lynch possibly. Brandon Boylan will follow his man. James Smith possibly won't follow. There are two mm-hmm. players that I think that you kind of say, well, even if I bomb forward, it has to end up in a score here because we will create the overlap. But if we don't and we get turned over, you're leaving two county seniors at the top of their game free at the other end. So I think I think Tully could end up on to Adrian Smith. Um. Which, Possibly, but like Barry Barry Tully is wing back all day for me. Whereas yeah. whereas Adrian plays his best stuff in close to the goals, in my opinion. So that's not a natural matchup, but I definitely understand your logic there. Yeah. Now, is there is there a possibility to bring Alan Clark back? Uh, and, I, and I and I'll tell you why. If there's a question mark on this crush loss side, it's in the full back line. And I don't see Owen Lennon shying away from that battle he's going to say well you know what we're going to do we're going to pepper that full back line with ball we're going to make it a physical contest who have who have Krushlock got that will physically match Alan Clark in the full back line I don't yeah, think that, that, that's it yeah but in fairness not many teams have uh, no. I think Rehill I think Rehill can match him if he plays in there. Like Rehill, Rehill is a Rehill's going to be midfield, is he now with Emmett Boylan? It's just hard to know what way they're going to do it because I think I think they've got a surplus of of players around there. Like like Peter Smith could play midfield. Darren Gaffney has played midfield. James Smith, Mark Stewart, da- Mark Stewart if he's fit. Darren McVitie can play midfield. Emmett Boylan can play midfield. Kean Boylan could potentially play midfield. I'm so- sorry, that's 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 the question in it. Where where is where is McVitie going to go? Well, what I I've got McVitie, Mark and Barry Riley, but I mean, there's there's so much guesswork involved here because, particularly on a crush lot team, a lot of the, the positions are fluid. Like, yeah, yeah. In fairness, they they have an awful lot of players that can play an awful lot of positions, almost to the point of it being to their detriment. I would say, um, but McVitie, I have a Mark and Barry. I have just before you move on from that one, where is Barry playing? Center forward. I I think he'd be center forward. And if 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 Barry's centre forward, Key and Boylan stays on him. 
I don't think Chris Lock can move Keen Boylan from centre back. I think he's playing so well there at the minute that what will I put this? There's there's the possibility that Darren McVitie is a better centre back than Keen Boylan. But Darren McVitie can well, yeah, he is. Dar Darren McVitie's a top player of the county. Okay. As good as Keen is, like. Okay, yeah. My my point being though that Darren McVitie can influence the game and play at his best at six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifty. To me, you, you can play him anywhere there and he's going to have a huge impact in the game. Whereas Keen Boylan is playing really, really well at six. Take him out of that position, do you reduce his effect to the team? I'd be worried about that. And, mm. and and I think that that goes back to the point you're after making that they're so versatile that we just don't know what's the best way to line out the chess pieces here. Yeah. We don't, we don't, we don't. It's a great, need, it's a great point. You need to get that solved. Yeah, well, I'm sure, I'm sure Jimmy Higgins has in his head what, he, what he's going to do in championship, but it's very hard to tell looking in. Now, I think from looking at Crush Law in the last couple of years, any Crush Law people listening to this, I'd be interested to know their thoughts on it. I think they they see uh, Paddy Riley as their third man marker. I think they see Cook as their bomb diffuser cornerback. He he picks up the live wire, and I think Regal picks up the big man. Oh and no, that, no, you're missing one. Love it, Fionn. Love it. Yeah, yeah. I have love it. I have love it. Pencil in here as well. But I yeah. do. I I still think that Cook Cook is that bit older and more experienced. I still think he's he's going to pick up pick Ooh. up. The, I, I've got Cook on Morris. Do you know what? Cook is so strong. Ask Killian the Gunner and who, who else did he pole axe in, 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 in county training this year and left him with injuries. He's so strong. He might be the one for Toasty. I, I, he's physically, he's a beast. So maybe he is the one for Toasty. So um, the, thing, the thing is, that, but, but they didn't have uh, Barry the last day and Toasty still drifted out to the middle. Now they've got Barry back into the forward line. Like, that's one less uh, room for another, for a forward there. As badly phrased as that was, so I I think we we'd probably see Tosi helping out around the middle more so than the full forward line. Although as you as you point out, like he probably will, it probably will be a positive matchup for Kingsford to throw him in there. Like I've got this is what I have. I've got Cook on Morris, Rehill picking up Dylan McVitie picking up Barry Riley. Who does Paddy Riley pick up? Possibly. Kieran Dermody. Love it. Who does Love it pick up? Like, do or do do they push Regal out to the middle? Like, someone's going to have to man mark Corrigan to an extent because Corrigan is is a really underrated player and a real key player on this Kingsford team. Like, like he's he reminds me of uh, oh, I can't remember. There's some county player that come back to me who he he plays his best football when there's three lads hanging out of him. And he looks wrecked and he's gasping for breath and he's covering the ground and you're like, oh, is he being fouled? Is he overcarrying it? And and suddenly he's made 30 yards and he, he gathers up the energy to kick it over the bar. Like like Corrigan plays with that sort of uh what's the word I'm looking for? He 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 it's like when he's under siege, he's under onslaught, and and suddenly Corrigan will come up with a big play. So I really like Corrigan. I think he's he's a fantastic player. So he's gonna have to be marked as well. He contributes a a lot and he's so dangerous. You see does him that, get the ball. Does that feed into Rehill picking him up in the middle of the field? It's it's just, in the middle of the field, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah. Well, he swapped with Tosi last day, uh, and he went to the forty. Okay. Uh, yeah, I I think whatever way it matches up on paper, Crushed are the better side, and the matchups look better for them. But there's certain intangible factors here. Yeah. One of them being Jordy Morris, like. We haven't seen the best of him, and what we have seen of him has been pretty impressive. Like the last day, he he was really good, and yet you knew by looking at him, there's more in in, in this fella. Um, Joe Dillon played his best game in a year. The last day, he was fantastic, and you know he can get goals. What the other big intangible is how Barry links up with Dillon and and Morris. Um, that's going to be really interesting to see. Like if he's spraying ball into those lads, you know it's. So it's it's far from a foregone conclusion. The last day, sorry. Sorry? Did Dylan stay inside the last day? It was a funny kind of a game. Like he's played in Muller. And like I was standing around with a few Kingsford lads and somebody texted me and said, Where is Faulkner playing? And 
you know, I had to ask the Kings for that. <laughs> I had to ask the Kings for fellas, where's Porrick here? And it was hard to know exactly where he was playing, like because um you know there was no such thing as orthodox full forward lines or anything, and uh they were they were leaving space in there, and if one that if a fella was drifting out, like Faulkner kind of plays wherever he wants. Yeah, like like he's definitely not not confined to one position, and and there was a bit of that going on as well. Now I thought Rehill, uh, against Garner, I thought Rehill played really well in tough conditions. I think he's he's really got himself into great shape. Yeah, he's a fantastic player. He's a county player, like yeah, every inch of it. He he's very good in the air. He's physically very strong. He's very good when the ball is on the ground, and uh, he's kind of like a soccer player in that regard, where he has to just use his his hips and his upper body to shield and protect the ball. I always think he's very good in that position. And he's an excellent pass for the ball, which is an underrated part of his game. But mm-hmm. he rarely gives the ball away. He can pick out a, a nice, simple pass off the laces and, and get an attack movement, which not every, every player can do. So, um, yeah, look, I'd say there's so many possible matchups here. It's, it, the problem with, the problem is we've no idea where the crush law lads are going to play. That's the problem. That's what's ruining our, our analysis here. Because do you know what? We could see the Crushlaw full forward line being James Smith, Paddy Lynch, Darren McVeady. And then yeah. all of a sudden you're kind of going, ah, where do you go here? Like and 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 you could make the argument that it doesn't it doesn't overly weaken their middle toward because Emmett Boylan's playing very well. Connor Rehill can be out there, Keon Boylan's playing very well at centre forward, Brandon Boylan or centre back, Brandon Boylan's playing very well out the field. You're gonna have I don't know how Stephen Smith is, whether he's fit to go, but, you know, Pierce Smith, you, you can just keep going with the list. They have enough to to win the middle toward battle in most games in Cavan without those three guys or two of them who can play out in the middle of the field and Jim Smith and, and Dara McVitie. And if you put them three guys into the full forward line, the only way that that's not the best full forward line in the county is if... Maybe Kings Court go with James or uh, Jordy Barry and and Joe Dillon inside, and it's still probably the best full forward line in the county. Actually, when you when you, I, I I don't think it's not the best full forward line in the county in any situation. Actually, now that I think about it, yeah, yeah. Well, as I was saying the last day on the pod, Kings Court are definitely a threat to win this championship, but I think they'll need everybody, and yeah. they mightn't necessarily have everybody Sunday like. Like what's the what's the the minimum you're going to be out with a hamstring? It, like oh. you you know better than me. It's unlikely me that's going to be fit to go, isn't it? It's very unlikely, Un- unless it was a case that he he felt something, a tightness rather than, uh, was there a sniper? No, it wasn't one of those. No, it wasn't like you see the Brian O'Driscoll one. Yeah, where somebody in the top of the stand in the Aviva just taking him out of it. Yeah. Well, like, do you know what? It's possible, but it's unlikely. See, and the other thing is, it, 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 it look, it's, it's a final. There's a cup up for grabs. It's a final, but do you do you take a chance to put a man out of the championship? It that's exactly it. It's two weeks before championship. Like, to be honest, I I don't think as a manager you're risking that. You know, the only way you're you're actually risking it is you you go and they've got a scan and the physio has said actually, do you know what? There's nothing there. You just felt a bit of tightness and you're okay to go. Um, but you know, at club level, are we getting scans on 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 little twinges? No, you're not. It's not going to be covered. So, I I I'd imagine the air on the side of caution on the side of caution, and that it, Paddy Mead knows he he's so diligent in his preparation. From what I understand, he knows that right. Well, I made a right to go here, or I'm not, and I need to pull up, or I don't, and. When he pulled up, he pulled up for a good solid reason. So I'm I'm going to go on the assumption Paddy Mead's out here. Yeah. Well if he if he's out, that's that's one one yeah. less big man there to, that that you know, you'd be pretty confident that Paddy Mead will, will hold his own against any of those big men from Crush Law. So that's one that's one more. So it all points to a Crush Law win. But uh, just this conversation and thinking out loud here, it's got me thinking of of you know why Crush Law absolutely slaughter teams. Uh, when they get on top of teams, like you know, that's the, that's their kind of calling card. They they massacre teams, mm. and maybe it's to do with the fact that they have so many forwards in their team. 
like there's so many players in that team who can who can play as a forward or as an attacking um right. attacking half back or midfielder. Like right through from but Mark Stewart goes back into the team like he's quite free scoring for a fellow who plays in the half back down or played a lot of football in midfield. Dahi Dahi Shalvi. He's a corner back who scores more than a lot of followers like. Oh like he he's genuinely pr- prolific like. Yeah, yeah. Like, like he was a huge part of their their win when they won the championship. He was coming up with a couple of points. Some those games he's getting three points from cornerback. Now I haven't seen his name on the team sheet in a while. Mm. Um, but like he and Boyle, and I remember coming up getting a goal. I think in the drawn county final that time, Darren McVitie. I still personally think his best position is close to goal. Um, mm. the opposition goal that is James Smith the same spends as much time full forward as he does midfield now. Uh, so there's there's a lot of that uh, on the Crush Law team. So I, I the top of the are top heavy of forwards like Peter Smith, he's outstanding. Like, but but they have to play him as a wing back because, as you said, the top heavy. Yeah, like I I I don't know. I don't look at Peter Smith and think wing back. Mm-hmm. Like, like I, it doesn't seem a natural fit for him. As as good as he is, and he's excellent. Um, I think he's shoehorned in there. Like yeah. even even looking at the last day, like they brought on Ryan Galligan. He's a forward slash midfielder, not a defender slash midfielder. There's a there's a big difference there. Matthew Costello, he's a half forward, right? Mm. Ryan Stewart, forward half half forward half back. Yeah. Can do both. In fairness, a very clever player. Yeah, Mark Stewart's very a very clever player as well. He's versatile. And Oren Rehill. So like, so much attacking talent on on the Crushlaw team. Both teams, I think, especially with Mead out, I think both teams can be got at uh, at the back. I don't know if it's Shane Gray fit to start. He came on the last day, like important I, things for two. So that's why I think it's going to be high scoring, Damien. Can I give you the counter to why it won't be high scoring? Because because of that, they both know they're vulnerable. Because they both know they're vulnerable, and because that's now from what I've seen of Crusher this year, they have they've injected a pace to their attack that is, you know, I don't know. Have I seen? a team in Cavan play with the same intensity. I genuinely don't. And I think that Jimmy Higgins and, and Donald Ledwick and, and, and the coaching staff there deserve huge credit because it was a shift in gear. Like they they have worked, it's obvious, they've worked so hard on, right, when we're breaking, we are doing this at 100 miles an hour. Nobody's going to keep with us. And they have so much pace coming from it. And Kean Boylan is instrumental in it. Um, But I... I, I think within that though, Kings Court in particular are gonna look and say, Okay, let's let's take this into a, a war of attrition. They look at the game up in Kings Court and say, We dragged them into a dog fight and they were not comfortable here. You know, so I think if Kings Court can get it to uh less than ten score aside game um with with ten minutes to go, they'll think now we're going to hit you. Now we are going to, we have you exactly where you're uncomfortable and we're going to hit you. I, I, I have a feeling that's the game plan. Kings court will or could go it. I don't know that they will go it. I haven't seen Kings court playing this year enough to say it, but I think that they will, they'll relish it getting into a dog fight and they'll like James Smith was sent off early doors against Kings court in the league. You know, they, they'll feel that they can get under their skin a wee bit and, but that, that was an evening where where Kingscourt felt they played well, that a numerical advantage. It was in Kingscourt, it was a big crowd, uh, roaring them on as well, and they still didn't win the game. Still hadn't Jordy Morris. And they ha- well true, they hadn't Jordy Morris. Had that's, Joe true. And they that's, true. that's true as well. It was Mead not playing either. No. Well, well we're after ruling Mead out, so don't be rubbish on my point. You already said <laughs> <laughs> you already said Paddy wasn't playing. I'm really looking forward to it. I I think I am too. I, I think am it's too. gonna be a cracker. It, no, Kingscourt could be well advised, Damien, to play a black death in this championship. They really could be. They look could. like a, they they look like a team that could that could be very very hard to beat if they if they did that. And they they probably have enough threats at the other end uh, to keep teams honest on the break as well. So and they also have and this is where again and I, I, I'm I'm thinking and talking at the same time almost here, but. They have they have an age profile and a history of injury to such an extent that they don't want to be hitting their best form. The you know the 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 quarterfinal performance against Killigary last year, that sort of form, they don't want to be hitting it until 
you know, quarterfinal and semifinal final. They need to be just kind of, you know, ticking along, just do enough, just just get to that quarterfinal so that you're conserving the energy for the right time. And and that's where maybe the Black Dead could be the the option for them to go and, and execute that and, and keep games tight, win them by a point, don't raise any flags. Let let the the We Are Calvin podcast start talking about the Mullahorns and the, the the teams that are winning games and they're surprising everybody and 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 Kingscourt can slip back in and come under the radar in a quarterfinal semi final and bang they they do a Kingscourt on it. Mm. Yeah, that's it. Well, I I remember the stat from uh, digging out a stat last year, which which was concerning. What Kingscourt had scored in in their final game of the championship every year, right, yeah. it was unbelievable. Like, like obviously twenty twenty, they got to the championship final, um, but they lost in a replay scoring eight points. Uh, again last year they lost or twenty twenty one they lost semi final to Garner. Now they lost Paddy Mead to an injury that day. They lost semi final to Garner. I think they scored eleven, ten or eleven points. It was like three eleven to eleven or something like that, um. They lost to the Gales one year, maybe 2019, 10-7 or 9-7 in a quarterfinal. I remember them playing Castle Rahan in Muller in a quarterfinal. Uh, might have scored seven points or something, or 1-7 or something. So that has been the problem. Last year was the was the outlier there because they put up a big score in a brilliant game. A brilliant game. I know people were probably rolling the eyes last year when we talked on the pod. Um about how good a game that was. That was as good a game as I have ever covered in, in the senior championship in Cavan. Two sixteen to two fifteen. So yeah. many players played so well that day on both teams. It was a fantastic yeah. game of ball. And that was the total outlier for Kingscourt to score two fifteen in the final game of the championship. So I think Morris, Dylan, Barry coming back after he, he was talking about packing in, he's back. And crucially Toasty, because he's not going to score one three, but you know, he 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 might soften up some defenders and he might lay on one three and he will get a score too. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I'm 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 buzzing about this. I'm uh, somebody said to me about oh it's disappointing it's not in Kingspan Brefney. And while I made the point that I think it was great that the division three and division two finals were in Kingspan Brefney, the senior there's so many senior championship games in in, in, in there that I don't I don't think this is taken away from the league final by putting it to to cross keys. You know, I think that this is going to be a big crowd. I think the league final last year was in cross keys and, and people loved it. Um and is it so, in is it in cross keys Sunday? Isn't it? Yeah. I thought it was in Brefney. No, no, it's in cross keys at oh, four. Right. Okay, right. Blessing of the Graves on right, this, this... Did you get the time for the Blessing of the Graves? I didn't get the time for the best of the girls, but I'll check that. But disregard everything I said. If the game's across keys, Kings were going to walk it. <laughs> the end. <laughs> um, okay, I I'm going to give Crush Lad nod though. I think they've 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 just a little bit more, just a little bit more. But we'll see. It's going to be a, it's going yeah. to be. A... I'm going to give I'm going to give Crush Lad a nod as well. But I think it's going to be a high score game, uh, and I'm really looking forward to it. I think with Mead, if Mead is out. That really tilts the balance. I think. I just think that Crushlow will have too much, but it's a big, it's a big weekend in Kingscourt. I think there's a new, there's a festival in the blocks. There's a new drinking or smoking area opening somewhere else. Somebody was telling me about the big day Sunday, and part of the big day was the blessing of the graves. <laughs> Sunday night in Kingscourt is going to be unbelievable with the blessing of the graves. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa go back. <laughs> but the, he said, with the blessing of the graves, with the huh. league final, and there's. There's a festival in the blocks, and there's something else, and there's something else. Is so, the blocks a pub or something? Blocks is a pub, yeah. Okay, sorry. My my apology to all who who sit in the blocks. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's called Rock the Blocks. So <laughs> that'll be that'll be their plan. But I don't know. I just don't think they're going to be filling the cups on the night. But it's always a dangerous game to to write off Kingscourt. But I just think the crush all lads have too much. Yeah, I I I don't think Kingscourt will be overly disappointed if they lose a final in a competitive game and haven't shown their full hand ahead of championship or haven't know that they're not at their best I don't think that they'll come away from that really gutted I still think there could be a good night in the blocks after so um okay we'll move on to the um Horland final 
the Tom Walsh Senior Hurling Championship Final, which is taking place in Kingspan, Breffney, at one o'clock on Sunday afternoon. East Cavan Gales making their first county final, I think. I'm right in saying, taking on Coot Hill, the reigning champions. Um, I haven't obviously I was away, so I haven't had a chance to to catch up or see how this championship went. But um, it's a novel pairing in terms of the new club on the block coming round and, and making that final. Is it's the first time East Cavan Gales have been in the final, and they're not, you know, they haven't sprung up overnight. They've been going since two thousand and nine, and they've built from the bottom up. The the unfortunate thing is that, sorry, two thousand and nine is it? Yeah, the club has been on the go since two thousand and nine at wow. underage level, and they've worked their way through. The unfortunate thing uh, is that Pierce Oak didn't enter the the championship this year, which was a real shame because they had actually run Coot Hill very close on a couple of occasions and didn't look too far off the mark, but. East Cavan Gales, obviously, um, things are going well for them. Could Hill comfortably beat Mullahorn, uh, which set up this fi- this final. So, Could Hill are the favourites, they're the defending champions, but a lot is going to come down, I think, to Canis Maher and Nicky Kenny, the two Kilkenny men um, playing for East Cavan Gales. Like, they're monster players, they're going to be very, very hard, hard to watch. Uh, I think East Cavan Gales are going to be without Jack Barry, who's, who's abroad. Which would be a big loss because he's a starting player with the county. But they've they've good bit of other talent there: Colin Gargan, Dara Madden, Rory Farrell, players like that. Um, so it's just this is going to be an interesting final. We know the Good Hill lads. Anyone even with a passing interest in Hurling in the county will know a lot of these Good Hill players because a lot of them are playing uh, with the Cavan Senior Team as well. They've been a very strong club in the last couple of years. Obviously, Ryan Delaney, who got that winning score in the in the league final. Um. You've got the Kearney brothers there as well, um, who are on the county, and several other Good Hill lads, uh, Faker Hughes and um, uh, Shalvi there as well, who's fantastic. Who finished with, who got a Laurie Maher All Star last year. So they have loads of talent on the Good Hill team. These two Kilkenny lads are just could be just a fly in the ointment for um for East Cavan Gale. So that's going to make this final really interesting. Mm. Yeah, I I'm looking forward to it. I'm getting I'm going to be at the game. Um, we're, we're doing updates on Northern Sound Radio so I'm, I'm really looking forward to this one because like that it, Coot Hill are going to have to be at their best to hold on to to Kenny and Maher and it's it's by no means a gimme even though Coot Hill are coming in as as reigning champions Coot Hill did they beat East Cavan Gales in the group? They actually didn't play because um, it was a dead rubber and the game wasn't played. So East Cavan Gales beat Mullerhorn 216 to 1-8 and then Could Hill beat Mullerhorn 221 to 1-4 okay. uh, which left that there was really no point in them playing. The other two playing the, the next round and then meeting in the final. So it's going to into a straight final. It's 1 o'clock this Sunday in Breffney. So um, okay. Could Hill are, are favourites but it should be a good game and it should be a really good advertisement for, for Hurling. I think last year did Could Hill score 119 in the final last year? 116 last year to beat Mullahorn and uh, that just mightn't be enough this year they're going to probably have to score more than that because Kenny Maher alone would be expected to put up a lot of scores for East Cavan Gale so it has the makings of a cracker but I'm not going to call it because to be honest I haven't seen enough of either team and my other knowledge is well people say it's no better than your football knowledge but it's just not that great but uh, all I am predicting is it'll be a good game yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, I haven't seen either side, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on that fence with you and break it, um, <laughs> to uh, to to not make a call on it. But um, yeah, looking looking forward to it. We'll have a reaction to it on next week's podcast on on We Are Calvin. So, and I think that's all we've time for, Paul. Um, look, listen over to our diehard podcast on Patreon.com forward slash We Are Calvin, where in one podcast this week we tried to look back on the All County Football League action and went on a complete tangent um, which took us on a, a diversion around um, around football. A comment came in in that argument Paul to me on WhatsApp saying um, Mo is full of SH1T um, if you're to be competitive you have to win the standard you're at and and push on look Bride haven't done it to get out of junior so not good enough to win it oh, um, they're not good enough to win the junior so they're, not, so they're not good enough so they haven't done it in the past is is his point which and what about Ar- Arba, which is a uh, kind of are Arba good enough well they, they 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 didn't do it last year 
So they have to get out of you have to be good enough to get out of it to deserve to be out of it. Is the point? <laughs> We're not going down this rabbit hole. Yeah, again. but it's, it's I should have brought it up. <laughs> I don't agree with that. Like I think that's a very simplistic view because, like, we know the standard uh, rises and falls in various years. Like that's to agree with that point of view. You have to you have to say that the junior winning team. Uh, or of a of a standard every year, and that that's not the case. Like now, this might even itself out in the next year or two. There's every chance it will. One of them might win it this year. One might win it next year. Um, and you know they might they might go up to intermediate and not make that big of a splash. But at the moment, I I, I just don't see the point of having a, a turbocharged upper end of our junior championship. Don't think it's doing anyone any favors, particularly the other ten or twelve teams in the junior as well. Yeah. Well, look at we we we'll not go down that rabbit hole. Um, it's 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 an interesting one. If you want to hear it myself and Paul debate that, head on over to Patreon.com. No, I don't think I don't think they do. <laughs> if you if you've got a really shit life, <laughs> go on to listen to that podcast. <laughs> we also look back on the All County Football League Division three and two finals where Knockbride got the better of Kuhullins and Drumgoon got the better of Den. So that's all over on the Die Hard service. So uh, thanks a million to McAvoy's Super Value for sponsoring the podcast as always. And best of luck to Curse Law and to King's Court and to East Cavan Gales and to Coot Hill in the weekend's action. So Paul, thanks for your time. Thanks, Demo.